Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I am Evangelist Janice Nelson, and I want to welcome you to season three of Broken Vessels Mended and Whole, a weekly women's Bible study podcast. Today is Sabbath Sunday, March 5th, the year of our Lord, 2023. In this Bible study podcast, we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the Word of God. Ladies, let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bow our heads and humble ourselves before your throne of mercy and of grace. As we begin our Bible study, we ask you to join us in the study of your Word. Anoint my lips of clay so that your word goes forth in spirit and in truth. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross so that you only are seen and heard in this Bible study. Anoint us with strength and self-care today and always. Bless us with patience and wisdom. Encourage us to choose your way and to behave well. Lord, lift us up for your blessings today. Would you bind the powers of the spirit of darkness so that not one evil deed is met against this ministry or these your people? Bless each person within the sound of my voice and be ye glorified. In Jesus' name, I ask all of these things and give you thanks for answered prayer. Count it as done by faith and in accordance to your word. Amen. Ladies, we make choices every day unique to who we are, not just as women, but as Christian women. Many of those choices challenge us to choose whether to walk in the spirit or to walk in the flesh. So what does this mean? Well, when I talk about walking in the spirit, capital letter S for spirit, I am using the word spirit as a pronoun and I am referring to God, the Holy Spirit. As such, when we walk in the spirit, we are walking in a way that fully pleases God. On the contrary, when we walk in the flesh, we walk in sin and in the mindset that we were enslaved to before or prior to our coming to know and believe in Christ Jesus. However, the flesh does not refer only to the physical part of you. The flesh also refers to the ego, which feels an emptiness and uses the resources in its own power to try to fill it. Flesh is the I who tries to satisfy me with anything but God's mercy. Today, I want to talk to you about walking in the spirit. And I invite you to join me in a leap of faith of trusting God and his word to transform our bodies, our minds, our spirit, and our hearts as we take an exciting journey of self-care because self-care equals self-love. And to that end, today's episode is titled Walk in the Spirit. I want to begin with a scripture found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. It says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now compare that to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, which says, 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself or his life for me. The flesh refers to my ordinary bodily existence, which in and of itself is not evil. The Bible says I now live in the flesh. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, the flesh is crucified. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I am crucified. This is why I define the flesh as an expression of the I, or some might say the ego. And notice that in Galatians chapter 20, after the old fleshly ego is crucified, a new I lives. And this new I lives by faith. Scripture says, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith and the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans chapter eight, verses three through five says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. So in contrast to those who live by the flesh or human sinful nature, believers are called to live by the spirit and the ways of God. If we choose, and I am saying choose because life really is about choices. If we choose to walk in the flesh, we produce the fruits of the flesh, like sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, rivalries, drunkenness, and the like, all of which breaks our spirit. If we choose to walk in the spirit, we will produce good fruit and increase in the knowledge of God because we will develop a thirst and a hunger for the word of God and spend time in prayer and studying God's word. Scripture tells us to walk in the spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you would. But if you are led by the spirit or if you walk in the spirit, you are not under the law. Any woman who is led by the fruit of the spirit already fulfills the law. To walk in the spirit is to be led by the spirit and to bear the fruit 
of the spirit. And although the work of the spirit is emphasized, the command is for us to do something, which means our will is deeply involved. What is the benefit of walking in the spirit? Well, Romans chapter eight, verse one says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The apostle Paul uses the word therefore, or his use of the word therefore is important to note because it means that what he is saying is coming from a logical argument. It is as if he is saying, I can prove what I am saying. What Paul proves is that when we are one with Christ and he is our head, we cannot be condemned because the head cannot be acquitted and the hand condemned. The analogy being that as long as we are joined to Christ, to Christ Jesus, as long as we are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. The phrase in Christ Jesus implies a mystical and a spiritual union between Christ and believers. This is oftentimes expressed as Christ being in the believer or as stated here as the believer being in Christ. Note that according to scripture, there is no condemnation, not less condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So as believers, we should not consider that our standing improves in Jesus, but rather completely transforms and changes to the status of no condemnation. No condemnation is a place where we find confidence and peace after the confusion and conflict or after confusion and conflict. It is where the believer finds his or her standing in Christ Jesus. On the contrary, for the non-believers, those who are not in Christ Jesus, there is condemnation for them. What God has witnessed in the scriptures is all that the servants of God are to testify to people. So if you are not in Christ Jesus and are walking in the flesh, you will not escape condemnation. The words who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit is not a condition of our status of no condemnation. Our position in Christ Jesus is the reason for the believer's standing of no condemnation. So although we deserve condemnation, we receive this standing of no condemnation because Jesus bore the condemnation that we deserved. And now our identity is in him. But Jesus, Christ Jesus is condemned no more, and neither are we. When we walk in the spirit, we come to know God and we develop a relationship with him. In addition, we develop a fear of God, which produces wisdom, 
According to Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, which says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Also, walking in the spirit produces love, which in turn produces giving. According to 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, which says, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? We must want to abide in the vine and know that there are things we must do, such as give where there is a need. In order to uh, uh, to keep ourselves attached to the flow of the power of God, giving produces God's supply in our for our needs, according to Philippians 4, chapter 19, which says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I said earlier that when we walk in the flesh, we produce the fruit of the flesh, like sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, rivalries, drunkenness, and the like, all of which breaks our spirit. When we walk in the spirit, we bear the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 23 tells us what the fruit of the spirit is. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And of course, conceitedness, provoking others to anger, uh, envy, and the like are all works of the flesh. You know, the works of the flesh are overwhelming both in us and around us, so much so that not only should we not engage in fleshly activities, but, you know, we, we should not even want people around us who do. Walking in the spirit means loving uh others, not being conceited, provoking, and, and envious of one another. Instead, we are called to humility, encouragement, and love. Now, notice that the Apostle Paul uses the plural works when describing works of the flesh, but the singular fruit of the spirit. This is because Paul is not talking about a series of fruit to be shared around so that each believer has one or another. He is talking about a cluster where all the qualities are manifested in ever every believer. And do not misunderstand the fruit of the spirit are not the gifts of the spirit which are distributed on an individual basis by the will of the spirit, the Holy Spirit. No, the fruit of the spirit is for every believer. 
The first fruit of the spirit Paul names in Galatians is love. This is because love encompasses and embraces all of the other eight fruit, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which all describe what love in action looks like. For the believer, joy does not come from earthly things or from triumphing over someone else in competitions. It is a joy whose foundation is God. As believers are not dependent upon circumstances because our joy comes from what we are, not from where we are. It comes from whose we are and from that which was suffered for us by the Lord. The spirit of peace is peace with God and peace with other people. It is not just the absence of fighting or just when things are calm and settled. It is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. The fruit of the spirit, long-suffering, means that we can have love, joy, and peace even when people and or events annoy us. Romans chapter uh, 2 verse 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? And Romans chapter 9 verse 22 says, What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. These two verses tell us that God is not quickly annoyed or irritated with us. As such, we should not be quickly annoyed or irritated with each other. Kindness and goodness are closely connected. The only difference between them is that goodness also includes generosity. Faithfulness means that the Spirit of God works faithfulness in us to God and to people. It means that we are reliable and have the ability to serve God faithfully over periods of time and through temptation. Gentleness, I like this one. Gentleness should be valued over self-assertiveness, which is so much a part of 21st century life. It is better that each of us curtail the desire to be preeminent, well-known or superior and exercise meekness or gentleness. As part of the Beatitudes found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, we read that there is a blessing inherent in meekness. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. The meek person or a meek person is not passive or easily pushed around or bullied. The idea behind the word meek is strength under control, like a strong stallion that is trained to do a job instead of running around wild. And finally, self-control. Self-control is nearly always for a selfish reason nearly always for a selfish reason. It knows the self-discipline and denial someone will go through for themselves. But we should exercise self-control on behalf 
of others as well. When we walk in the spirit, we are being led by the spirit. With regard to the fruit of the spirit, there is no law against love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control. If a woman or any person has this fruit of the spirit, she does not need the law because she already fulfills the law. If our Christian walk is to be a walk of love and joy and peace, etc., we must walk in the spirit, which means we bear the fruit of the spirit. And it is the spirit's work that is emphasized, not ours, because it is the spirit that bears the fruit. Again, John chapter 15, verses four through five, um, Jesus says, uh, abide in me and I in you. And the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. It's interesting for without me, you can do nothing. There's another scripture in the Bible that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me through Christ. Okay. So, but without Christ, you can do nothing. Right. So, to walk in the spirit means to abide in the vine, to keep yourself securely united to the living Christ unless you cut yourself off from the flow of the spirit. Ladies, to live in the spirit, we must walk in the spirit. When we walk in the spirit, we do not satisfy or carry out our desires of the flesh, but we instead overcome the desires of the of our flesh. If we are in Christ, it means we have crucified our flesh with all of its passions and desires. The place for our flesh with all of its passions and desires is nailed to the cross of Jesus, where it is crucified under the sentence of death. Why crucified? Crucified so that it reminds us of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Crucified so that it reminds us that we are called to take up our cross and follow Christ Jesus. Crucified so that it reminds us that the death of the flesh is painful and crucified so that it reminds us that our own flesh must be dealt with decisively. The phrase, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh is what the believer does under the direction and the power of the spirit of God. The phrase with its passions and fruit means that in Christ Jesus, we as believers can live above the passions and desires of our flesh. 
the resources we need to do this are found in Christ Jesus. So we look to him and we see our life in him because we belong to him, not to this world, not to ourselves and not to our passions and desires, but to him who was crucified that we might live and walk in the spirit, that we might be transformed into his image and release the fragrance of his presence everywhere we go. Ladies, to walk in the spirit is to set our hearts and our minds on the things of the spirit. This means ending sinful practices, being led by the spirit, knowing the father through Christ Jesus and engaging in intimate prayer. A woman who commits herself to holy living, to fellowship with God and to an intimate prayer life is a whole woman, not a broken woman, but a whole woman walking in the spirit. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidely app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, by Givelify, you may donate to Broken Vessels, hyphen, Mended and Whole, or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. We are a nonprofit, 501c3, nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Join me next week for another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you and all those you hold near and dear. Amen.